Today's daf is Nedarim daf Tesvav. And we are at the Mishnah, eight lines from the bottom of daf Yudal Ramad Beis. Today's daf is being learned. Le'ilu Nishmas Chaim Elazar Ben Yibodol Chaim Reb Shimshin So today's daf is very much going to be a tale of two dafin. Number one, the daf, and number two, an unrelated raid bite. As we're going to go back to talk a little bit about the topic of Lashon HaKadosh. But first, a real Nedarim Daf. If somebody makes a neder, Sha'ani Yoshev, Sha'ani Medaber, Sha'ani Mahalech, or if somebody tells a woman, some change the gear, so if somebody tells his wife, he makes a nether on Tash Meshamita, the nether is chal, and if he's going to violate the nether, he will be over the iser. So we didn't touch the Mishnah when we read it, and the reason is because it's unclear before you start the Gemara how to even touch it. But what the Mishnah seems to be saying that if somebody makes a koinim, he makes a nether related to sleep, related to talking, related to walking, or related to Tashmish Amita, the net is going to be Chal, HaReza B'Layachel Devarit. The Ran speaks out right away that there's a very, very similar Mishnah in tomorrow's daf, on daf Tezvav Amidiz, where the Mishnah says, Shvua, She'eni Yoshin, She'eni Medaber, She'eni Mahalich, Asr. If somebody would make, not, not a koinim, not a nether, but a Shvua on sleeping, on talking, on walking, Asr, the Shvua would be Chal. And the Ran says that there are two observations that you have to make, two diyukim, between the Mishnah that said this halacha as it relates to Nadarim versus the Mishnah that said this halacha as it relates to Shvua. Number one, the Lashen Mishnah as it relates to Nadarim is koinim she'ani yoshen, she'ani medaber, she'ani mahalech. The Loshen HaMishnah as it relates to Shavuah is Shavuah she'eni yoshen, she'eni medaber, she'eni mahalech. Zok Duran, what's the chilek? Very simple. Nedarim is Isr Chefza, Shavuah is Isr Gavra. Nedarim is Isr Chefza, so it's koinim masha'ani yoshen, masha'ani medaber, masha'ani mahalech. The Gemara will explain it a little bit better. But you have to be talking about as opposed to Shvua, which is this a Gavra, so there you talk about the Gavra. Shvua she'eni yoshin, I will not sleep. Shvua she'eni medaber, I will not talk. She'eni mahalich, I'm not going to walk. But there's another observation, and that is the Mishnah said that if somebody makes a nether with this Lashen, hareze b'loyachel devarim. The Mishnah, as it relates to Shvua, said, if somebody makes a Shvua with that Lashen, Asr. And the Ran is bothered, what's the difference between the Lashen of Hareze B'layachel Devaroi versus the Lashen of Aser. And then the Ran says that when we go through the Gemara, I will be Mefarish and I'll explain and you'll be able to look back at the Mishnah in hindsight, which is 2020, and it's going to be Mamish Gaval. You'll understand why the Mishnah B'diktok said Hareze B'layachel Devaroi right here when we're talking about Kainim and said the more simple word Aser as it relates to Shvua. Either way. So really the exercise of the Gemara is going to be to figure out what exactly the nether of the Mishnah is. So the Mishnah says that if somebody says Koinim Shani Yoshin, Shani Medaber, Shani Mahalech, or Ho'imr Lishtai Koinim Shani Meshamshech, Hareza B'Leachadvar, which in short means that the nether is Chal. And the question is, what exactly was the nether? Now, in the course of the Gemara's exercise of determining what exactly the nether was, one of the things to be mindful of in, and Durant speaks out several times in his peerage on the sugya, is that we really need to figure out two things. Number one, what's the case of the Mishnah? And number two, the case is going to have to be a Chiddush. Because the Mishnah doesn't say things that are not Chiddushim. So really, number one, what is the case? And 
Number two, what's the Chiddush of the case. And the way the Gemara is going to introduce its analysis of the Mishnah is by mentioning a Machloikis HaMairon and Hilchas Nadarim, and then it's going to tie in to the Mishnah. So a little bit long-winded, but that's the Gemara. Says the Gemara Itmar, Koinem Hayoy. Somebody makes a nether. He says, Koinem Ein I will not have enough from my eyes. As it relates to sleeping, which is a Nadarim Diga way of saying, I'm not going to sleep. He limited the koinim to today. So today the person makes a nether that he's not going to sleep. However, he was toilet in a condition. He made it tonight. So he says, in the event that I'm going to sleep tomorrow, then there's going to be a koinim that's going to be chal today. So could this person sleep today? It depends. If he sleeps tomorrow, then koinim ain't a bashina not let us sleep today. If he's not going to sleep tomorrow, then you will be able to sleep today. So today we don't really know whether the koinim is chal or not, because he made a koinim ala tonight, and the tonight is not something we'll know today which is the day that the Kainam is Chal, we're going to have to wait tomorrow to figure out whether this person is going to sleep tomorrow or he's not going to sleep tomorrow. So the question that the Amiram debated was, could this person go to sleep today or could he not go to sleep today? This person's not let us sleep today. Why? Because we're afraid that he's going to sleep tomorrow. And if he sleeps tomorrow, that there was a Kainam in a Bishinayim, that today was also to sleep, and as a result, it's going to come out that he violated a nether. So Rabbi Yehuda said, the name of Rav, don't sleep today. It's Osir. No, it's not Osir, but Raisa, because today there really is no Isser Kaid. But don't sleep today, because we're afraid that maybe you're going to sleep tomorrow. Rav Nachman, Rav Nachman said, Yishanayim, no, you can go to sleep today. We're not concerned that you're going to sleep tomorrow. Meaning, Rav Nachman said that if you're going to sleep today, so you'll be careful not to sleep tomorrow. Because if you go to sleep today, and then you also go to sleep tomorrow, people don't usually violate Lavin in the Torah. They have a cheskis kashris. So Rav Nachman said, you can sleep today, it's fine. Just if you sleep today, make sure that you're not going to sleep tomorrow. So Rav Yehud is worried that if you're going to sleep today, maybe you will sleep tomorrow. Rav Nachman said, why would I be more worried about this than any person who makes an adder that I'm not necessarily worried that he's going to be over and it's for that reason Rav Nachman said if you want to sleep today you could however Rav Yehuda says the Gemara was that what if the person would say it in the reverse order he would say that I'm making a koinim that I'm not going to sleep tomorrow and he made it Allah tonight but in Ishan Hayoim, if I sleep today, so here the Isser Koinim will be on sleeping tomorrow. And what's it dependent on? On sleeping today. So if I sleep today, then there's going to be a Koinim tomorrow. So Rabbi Yehuda's made the Shishanayim that if he wants to sleep today, he could sleep today. Why? Because Kiloy Mizdar Betuna. When is Rabbi Yehuda worried that the person is going to end up falling asleep tomorrow? That's if the sleeping tomorrow is. The Tanai, and all it's doing is triggering the Mafreya that yesterday's sleeping was a Layachal Devara. But if there's a real Fleshagakainim on sleeping tomorrow, there's no reason we should be concerned that maybe this person is going to sleep tomorrow. And really, this last line is the Mafteach to understanding Shitas Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda held that. We're not concerned that people are going to violate Koinamas. And even though Rav Meir held, that's not the Sugya. If a person makes a nether, the assumption is he's going to go in it with the right kavanis, and for sure he's going to be as careful as he possibly can to make sure that he's not going to be over loyachal devare. But Rav Yehuda said, I have a hechetimtza, we're maybe not. And that is, if a person would say, Koinem enai beshina hayoim im ishan lamacher. 
Then, if the person sleeps today, and then sleeps tomorrow, the sleeping tomorrow will trigger that the sleeping today was a nis and nether. But this is where it's interesting, because tomorrow, whether he sleeps or not, will determine whether he was over layachal devarah, and he never made a nether that he won't sleep tomorrow. He made a nether that he won't sleep today. It's just in a roundabout, siddiq tzaveg's way, sleeping tomorrow is going to trigger with the laws of lemafreya and tenayim that what he did today was a violation of layachal devarah. That a person won't be so careful in. This is real psychology. So a person is going to be careful not to be over layachal devarah. If the act that I'm doing is a maisa iser of layachal devarah, but if the act that I'm doing just triggers a layachal devarah, even though it's the same thing, but this maisa right now is not something that's necessarily usher. I never made a coin of that I won't do what I'm about to do right now. Over there, loy mizdar We're not confident that the person is going to be careful. And as a result, said Rabbi Yehuda, that if a person would say, then don't go to sleep today. So just to be clear, because this is really the backdrop of the entire daf, And that is, a person made a complicated nether. He said, I'm making a koinim that I'm not going to sleep today. But alatnai, if I sleep tomorrow. So that's poshit, that midday raisa, there's no reason he shouldn't be able to sleep today. However, if he sleeps today and then he sleeps tomorrow, it's also poshit, it's going to come out, he was over layachal devar. The question is, could he lechatchila go to sleep today? Or could he not lechatchila go to sleep today? Is there some iser, the rabbanon, to sleep today because maybe you're going to sleep tomorrow? Or is there no such iser? Rav Yehuda was machmer, he said, Al Rav Nachman was mekel, he said, Yoshin hayoyim, And the Gemara said very clearly that even though Rav Yehuda was machmer in this case, if it was in the reverse case, he would not have been machmer. If a person would say, Then for sure you could sleep today. Because that case is more chamer, the sleeping tomorrow would be more chamer. Therefore, you could sleep today because a person will be mizdar, the iser. A person will understand that if I slept today, now I have a regal koinam So, of course, I'm not going to go to sleep tomorrow. The whole issue is, is we are now, by you just triggering the tonight, you could be the mafrei, you're going to cause a layach That's where we're worried that maybe the person is not going to be so careful. So, what does it have to do with our Mishnah? We started off with a Mishnah, koinam shani yoshin, shani medabr, shani ma'alech, hareza layach Why are we suddenly digressing with this machloikis, Rabbi Yudan, Rabbi Nach? So that's the next part of the Gemara. Tanab learned in our Mishnah: Koyin Mishani Yoshin Shani Mahalich Shani Medaber Vechulu. So the Gemara Hechidami. What exactly is the case of the Mishnah? So again, we said the Mishnah was very sussy. We didn't even really touch the Mishnah where we learned it because it's not clear the nuance of the Mishnah. So what exactly is the case? Ilay Mikudiktani Shani Yoshin. Does the Mishnah mean what it sounds like it means? A person's making a koinim on sleeping. He's making a koinim on talking. He's making a koinim on walking. Is that the case? It can't be. Mihaven Nidra. Could a person make a neder on a maisa vatnan we learned in a mishnah chaymer b'shvuos shvuos are more chamer than nedarim shashvuos chalos al davish yesh by mamish al davish ein by mamish shvuos achal say on a davish yesh by mamish and on a davish ein by mamish masha ein came in nedarim as opposed to nedarim which is only chal on a davish yesh by mamish what's the reason nedarim is a chetzer so it requires a davish yesh by mamish shvuos is a gavra so it doesn't require a davish yesh by mamish the rant spoke out very gishmat at the end of of the first parak on the top of your Gimel Amid Beis, that really Shvua also requires a Dovah Sheesh by Mamish. But Shvua, 
the gavra is the davar sheish by mamish, and that's where the shvu is chabed. Either way, what's the kasha? The shame the davar sheim by mamishu. Sleeping is a davar sheim by mamish, and the same is true for talking, and the same is true for walking, and the same is true for tashmish. These are all things that are aimed by mamish. So you can't say that when the Mishnah says koinim shani it means literally I'm making a koinim on sleeping. It's not possible. The amar koinim ena must be what he said was not koinim the act of sleeping. But koinim, the hefts of my eyes, as it pertains to sleeping. Which is the technical way of making a koinim on a davar she'in by mamish. But the Gemara says, If a person would simply say, koinim she'ani yoshe, koinim enai b'shino, without giving a share, without saying that I want the koinim to be chal for an hour, for a day, forever, as if to say I'm never going to sleep. The Mishnah says, as if to say the net is chal, and as soon as he falls asleep, which is going to happen inevitably, at that point he will have been overly achadavari. Is that true? I'm Rabbi Yoichan, Rabbi Yoichan, and said, Shvuah, Shvuah, Yishan, Shloicha, Yomim. If a person makes a Shvuah, not a net, he makes a Shvuah that he's not going to sleep for three days. Malkinoi, so we give him Malkis, the Yashim Alta, and then we put him to sleep. We say, Gay Shlofin, Gesundai. Meaning, we give him Malkis, Miyad, not for Layachadavari. We give him Malkis for violating the Isser of Shvuah, Shav. Because this Shvuah is not a Shvuah, because it's not possible for a person to go three days without sleeping. And as a result, if a person says a Shvuah, Shloicha, Shloicha, Yomim, we give him Malkis right away for Shvuah. The Yashin out there because the Shvu is not Chal, and therefore there's no Vayachal Devar. So, what do you see from here? Azasar Shvu is Nitkain Shvu. Now, if a Shvu like that is not a Shvu, a Nether like that shouldn't be a Nether either. Meaning, if the Shvu counterpart is a Shvu Shav, then the Nether counterpart should be a, a Nether Shav. Now, the Ran says, very Gishmach, it's the last line of the Afyudal of Amid Beis, the Afal Gaf, the Benedder, Loy Shayechachi, the Nether Shav, Loy Ashkechon, the Osser. So for sure, Rabbi Yechelen's halacha, that Malkin Oisai, the Yashin Laalter, wouldn't be true by Nether, because we don't find anywhere that there's an Isser to make a Nether Shav. A Shvu Shav, yeah. But a Nether Shav, not. But at the same time, if a Shvu Shav is not a Shvu, a Nether Shav is not a Nether. It's not Osser, but it's also not going to be a Nether. So that can't be the case of the Mishnah. So if that's not the case of the Mishnah, then what is the case of the Mishnah? Now the Ran interjects right here. And the Ran asks the obvious question. He says, maybe the case of the Mishnah is where a person said, Koinim Shani Yashem for a day. So it's Chalon or Chefzo, because he said, Koinim Enei Bishino. It's not a nether Shav, because he didn't say forever. He said for a day, better, for an hour. I'm not going to take a nap this afternoon. Shaykh. So that's definitely something that you could do. It's not shav. You had a good lawyer who told you exactly how to draft this kainim. So it's perfect. What exactly is the issue? So the Ran says, you're right. That could be Pshad of the Mishnah. But then there's no Chiddush. Because again, we're straddling two things. Number one, what is the case of the Mishnah? And number two, what's the Chiddush of the Mishnah? That wouldn't be a Chiddush. The fact that a person could say, So we need to find a Chiddush also. So now we're going to have to get creative. Because the Mishnah sounds like it was saying something very innocent. But the problem is, we're stickle stuck here. And we don't know what that innocent statement is. Meaning, it's not so innocent. Because... If it is, and really all the Mishnah is saying is, then every case in Mesechdis Nadarim has a Chiddush. It's lending something to the, to the narrative. And what is adding? Must be, there's a little Chasure Mechsur going on, and must be the case that a Mishnah is a little bit more complex than it seems. Allah says the Gemara Da'ama. You know what might have happened in our Mishnah? Left field. The person said, Koinem enay b'shina l'mocher. The person didn't just say, Koinem enay b'shina. He said, Koinem enay b'shina l'mocher. I'm not going to sleep tomorrow. In Ishan Hayyayim, if I'm going to sleep today. 
So the person said that if I'm going to sleep today, that's the Tanai, then it'll be Chalaneder on sleeping tomorrow. And when the Mishnah says, essentially what the Mishnah then is saying is, don't go to sleep today. I mean, I don't need the Mishnah to tell me that if I sleep today, I can't sleep tomorrow, because that's also Pshita. So what the Mishnah is saying is, don't go to sleep today, because I'm concerned that maybe tomorrow you're going to go to sleep, and you're going to be over, lo yachol devare. So the Ran speaks out here. At this point, it would be very geschmack why the Mishnah didn't say Asr. The Mishnah said, Hareza, lo yachol devare. Because Asr would sound like there's an Issa today. There really is no Issa today. This Issa is going to be tomorrow. But if I sleep today, it may cause, lo yachol devare. But... <laughs> But the Gemara says that can't be shown in the mission because Amr, we just said nobody holds that way. That any time a person is going to do something that's going to trigger an Isser Koinim, it's not a problem because we assume that when and if the Koinim is Chal, you'll be careful. So it's not true that if a person says, that you can't go to sleep today. That's just simply not a true statement. We said that even Rabbi Yehuda, who says his grace of Chiddush and the Sugi, was Maida in that case. So the Gemara that can't be the case either. Elo Pshita. This is not just an Elo. This is an Elo Pshita, right? Sometimes the Gemara says Elo. Elo Maravashi, right? Elo Pshita, says the Gemara. It must be. There's no other way to understand this mission. The case of the mission was where he said, He said, I'm making a koinim on sleeping today and if I'm going to sleep tomorrow, which was the case that Rav Yehuda and Rav Nachman debated. Now, if the person is not going to sleep today, if he's going to sleep tomorrow, what is there going to be? Must be he is going to sleep today. Or the way the Ran's going to explain, he could sleep today. Alma isna denayim. Must be, you can sleep today. The tufta de Rav Yehuda, and it's a tufta on Rav Yehuda. So what does this all mean? A little Lashon Adar Mishonah. So it's good to see the Ran inside. Says the Ran, Dibra Maschal, Elulah b'denayim, Alma isna denayim. Umasnisa hakamashman. Essentially what the mission would be saying is as follows. Hareza b'val yachal devarei kuloimar. What the Mishnah is saying is that if a person says, This is a little bit counterintuitive. It's meaning you're allowed to sleep today, not like Rav Yehuda. You could sleep today, and we're not concerned that tomorrow, because you're going to end up going to sleep and triggering the mafreya that we did today was a problem. Just the opposite. You're allowed to get involved in the Sufik Balyachel. That's what Areza Balyachel means. And it's not going to be an issue. But the bottom line is, if that's what the Mishnah is saying, that if a person says, That's the Lake Rabbi Yehuda, and the Gemara says no. Ki ketani de'inayim la'olam. I'll agree with the Akimta of the Mishnah, which the Gemara said is pshita has to be what the Akimta is. It's talking about where a person said kind of made a b'shinah ayoyim in ishnan lemachar, but not yufta the Rabbi Yehuda. Just the opposite. Rabbi Yehuda will explain it very very nicely. You know, Rabbi Yehuda is going to tell you. Let's see the loshen aran again. It's the last skinny line. Ki ketoni di'inayim va'ader rabbi masnisen hader Rabbi Yehuda asal ashmeinon. The Mishnah's goof is telling me Rabbi Yehuda v'hachi ketoni yizoyer shaloi yashen yom rishon. You should be careful. Don't sleep today. 
because if you're going to sleep today, the is a concern that maybe going to come to Bayachal. So the bottom line is, the Gemara said, I agree with their Kimta. They came to the Mishnah where it says, Kainim Shani Yashin really means Kainim Eina Bishina Hayoim Im Ishan Lamacher. And when it says, I raise a Bayachal Devarit, that was already a clue that the Mishnah didn't just mean Aser. Because if it meant Aser, it would have said what it said in the Mishnah by Shvu. And after Zvavim Beis, like Duran spoke at right at the beginning of the Sugya, he gave us a little foreshadowing of what was about to come. The Mishnah didn't say Aser, so you knew there's something more to the story. And you knew that there was going to be a little bit of an Akimta. There very much is. In fact, it's a super duper Akimta. The Akimta is kind of made of Mishnah Hayoim in Ishan Lamacher. Okay, what does it mean? I raise a Baliachal Devarit. It depends if you're Rabbi Yehuda, if you're Rabbi Nachman. According to Rabbi Nachman, what it means is that a person that says, Koyna made of Mishnah Hayoim in Ishan Lamacher, you're allowed to go to sleep today. Hareza Bivayachal Devarit means it's mutter to get involved in a Suffolk Bayachal Devarit. Aye, what happens now if you sleep tomorrow? It's going to come on my friend that when you slept today, you were over in this and that. You won't sleep tomorrow. You know that. It's a problem. According to Rav Yehuda, where, who holds Kinglai Mizdar, but Tanasa, just the opposite. What the Mishnah is saying is, if you say, you can't go to sleep today because I'm concerned that maybe you're going to sleep tomorrow. And if you're going to sleep tomorrow, it's going to come out that you will have triggered the Mafreya and this and that there, you might not be so careful and that is the point that the Mishnah is trying to say. So as it relates to the Mishnah, we started off, we just didn't understand what the case of the Mishnah is, I think now we do. The case is where a person says, that's the first Mahalach in the Mishnah. Ravina, Ravina said very, very posh. He said, No, the Mishnah means what it sounds like it meant, which was, a person made a nether on the act of sleeping. A person made a nether on the act of talking, on the act of walking. What was the kasha? The dharma is not chal on the dharma. She'en boy mamish. My bayachal. When the Mishnah says bayachal, what it means is midrabanon. It doesn't mean asimidei raisa. What it means is it is a bayachal midrabanon. Faith the miyik bayachal midrabanon. Is there such a thing as a bayachal midrabanon? The says in there is. Fatanya and it's a brisa. Dvarim amutarim. If there is something that's mutter, meaning it's from the dvarim amutarim. However, vacherim na gubahen isa. So we can all use our imagination of what an example of this would be. But you have things that are mutter, but acherim. So don't mention that anoyig chumra is in this Indian. They, the people that keep the chumra, have to observe this chumra. It's part of the nusach that we say in Hataras Nadarim and Erev We'll talk about this another day. But not just that, even other people are now allowed to be noyik heter in this Indian in front of them. So if this person has a chumra, you have to be sensitive and not to be meiko when you're in this person's presence. What's the makar to this? Shenemer loyachal devare. From loyachal devare, it's learned out. Now, this drosh of loyachal devare, whatever exactly the drosh is, it's a drosh of the rabbonim, because this is not an Isidai right? So all this is, is an Isidai rabbonim. So you see, there's a concept of loyachal devare. When the Mishnah said, koinim shani yoshin, it means you made a nether on the mice of sleeping. And when it says, I raise a loyachal devare, what it means is there's going to be a loyachal devare. Only Midrabanan, which by the way also explains why the mission didn't say Aser. Aser would be Mashma Asimidei Raisa, until proven otherwise. Harezab Leyachal Devare, that's a, a more delicate term, and the point is there's a Leyachal Durabanan supposed to send you to that Raisa where you know that there's this concept of a Leyachal Durabanan, that will be the Leyachal Durabanan. Either way, this concludes the Gemara's discussion of Pashib Shan and the Mishnah, and really from here until the end of the Daf, or at least where we're going to end, the Gemara is now going to go back to this Machloikis between Rav Yehuda and Rav Nachman and get into it a little bit more. So again, what was the Machloikis Rav Yehuda and Rav Nachman? A person said, A person makes a koinam on sleeping today, meaning, I'm not going to sleep today, but 
only if I sleep tomorrow. The question is, could you go to sleep today? Or could you not go to sleep today? Rav Yudas said no. Because Rav Yudas said, if you're going to sleep today, and you're going to sleep tomorrow, it's going to come out that the sleeping today was a Balyachal Devar. So if you go to sleep now, you're being over a Suffolk Balyachal Devar. And it's not something you're allowed to do. I... Why don't we assume that if you go to sleep today, you won't go to sleep tomorrow because you're going to know that sleeping tomorrow may trigger a layachal devare? Because this is a concept of loymizdar betuna. Being that tomorrow sleeping was not something that you ever said out of your mouth you're not going to do, it was only the tanai, it's only in lumdis that it's going to trigger a mafreya, a layachal devare. You're not going to be so careful. And therefore, don't go to sleep today. And Nachman said, it's not true at the end of the day. You know that if you sleep today, that sleeping tomorrow is going to be a big problem. And therefore, we're not concerned. You can go lechatchila and sleep today. It emerged that really Rav Nachman and Rav Yehuda could be would both hold that their opinions are Mefurish Mishnah. Now it's anything but a Mefurish Mishnah, but they would could be hold that that was the Akim to the Mishnah. The Gemara said the way Rav Nachman would explain the Mishnah, the way Rav Yehuda would explain the Mishnah, but Mefurish it's not. Now the truth is, as we're about to see from here till the end of the whole ending of the daf, is that really this interesting case was a case that the Tanom did discuss. And it really is a Mufurish Mishnah. And if it's not our Mishnah on Daf Yudalad Amadeis, it's a Mishnah Lekamon on Daf Nun Zayin. It was also something that was discussed, Kemat Mufurish, in a Taisefta. And the Gemara now is going to say what it always does. You have a Machloik, is Rabbi Yehudin, Rabbi Nachman, in this case. This is not a made up case by Dama Iran. This is something the Tanan already debated. So, Lechur, we have to take a step back and we have to do a little bit of a, an exploration of how the Tanan treated this case and to see is it Shtim more with Rabbi Yehuda? Does the Shtim with Rab Nachman? And really what the Gemara is going to do is the Gemara is going to have like five or six Mekairis from Tanoim as it relates to the Shaila and they're all going to sound like Rav Nachman. So really the Gemara is about to fire away on Shittas Rav Yehuda. Snok the Gemara. Tanah. Learned in the Mishnah. This Mishnah is the Mishnah Lekamon on Dafnun Zahir Amad Aleph. If a person made a nether towards his wife, he said, And again, you have to be a shtickle lambin to even understand what this nether meant. Not sure if the wife understood it, but this is a little complicated. I'm telling you, this is hard. Man tells his wife, You can't have enough from me until Pesach. If you're going to go to your parents' house, So you have to straddle what the nether was and what the t'nai was, and also Pesach and Sukkot. So it's a drop confusing. But basically what he tells her is, you can't have any anah from me from now until Pesach if you're going to go to your parents' house until Sukkot. So what's the nether? No anah until Pesach. What triggers the nether? If you go to your father's house from now until Pesach. If she went to her father's house before Pesach, so that triggers the nether. What was the nether? No anah until Pesach. So up until Pesach, this is going to be in this. It sounds like the only time she's going to be, not be allowed to have a note from her husband until Pesach is if she went to her father's house. I Meaning she went to her father's house, so she triggered the nether. She triggered the nether. So now there's a this nether of Kainim Shat Pesach. But let's say she wouldn't go to her father's house. It sounds like there'd be no nether. Why not? Now, I understand the nether is nachal, but it sounds like there's no iser even. So, Mishlam, according to Rav Nachman, what iser do you want it to be? But according to Rav Yehuda, there should be an iser. Why? She should not be able to have anon now because she might end up going to her father's house. Now, you're going to say, no, she won't. Because once she has anon, she knows that if she goes to her father's house, I'm afraid it's going to trigger the nether. But that's what Yehuda Shittu, Lord, Mizdar, but to know. So, it's mashma that it's 
only going to be a problem if she first goes to her father's house. But if she goes to her father's house, no worries. You can have all that knowing in the world. Because we're confident that you're going to be careful. Isn't that a great Saraya to Rav Nachman again? It's Mashman that the only time there's an Isra and Nas. If she went to her father's house, but if she go to her father's house, there's no Isra. I'm Rabab, Rabab said, no. What the Mishnah meant to say is that if she goes to her father's house, Asura Midairaisa. Then you have the real Isanadar, meaning Asura Veloika. Loy Holcha. If she didn't go, Asura Ba'alma. Then you're going to have Rabbi Yehuda's Isser. The Mishnah is not handling Rabbi Yehuda's Isser. The Mishnah is handling the Isser Dairaisa. The real Isser Layachal Devaray. The real Isser Layachal Devaray. That Isser is only going to be true if we trigger the Nether. How do you trigger the Nether? By her going to her father's house. It does like the Mishnah. She goes to her father's house. That triggers an Isser Dairaisa. So now ready, she can't have Anna. If she didn't go to her father's house, there's no Isser Dairaisa. Could she have Anna? According to you, don't know. Why did the Mishnah say this? Because the Mishnah is not handling that. The Mishnah, maybe on Daf Yudal Amadeus, was handling that. But the Mishnah, Daf Nunzayin Amadeus, was not handling that. And that's the Gemara says. Oh, but the Zok, the Gemara, Ema Seifa. That Mishnah has a Seifa, Shonemo. Seifa over there says, Achara Pesach, if she went to her father's house after Pesach. So again, the Koinim was, no Hanna, up until Pesach. If you go to your father's house, until Sukkot. So there's several months after Pesach, where if she goes to her father's house, the Mafreya, that would trigger the nether. So let's say she went after Pesach, Bivalyachel Devar. It's going to come out of Mafreya, there was a Balyachel Devar. So the Gemara says like this, according to Yehuda, she was not allowed to have Anna from her husband already before Pesach. Why? Because we were concerned that this would happen. That maybe at some point she would end up going to her father's house, and Gloy Mosul and Mafreya, that there would be a problem. So if that's the case, how could the Mishnah say Balyachel Devar? But the Mishnah is saying that if she goes after Pesach to her father's house, it almost sounds like the Mishnah is saying that we're pretty sure she must have had enough from her husband. And therefore, if she now goes to her father's house, the glory of the Muslim Afreya, that she was over by Yachel. Bishlam, the Rav Nachman, right, to speak this out, who holds that it's mutter to have Anna. Okay, so a woman usually has Anna from her husband. It's very hard to live together if you can't have Anna from each other. It's not the Mishnah that if she ended up going to her father's house, you should know she was over by Yachavah. But according to Rav Yehuda, that is now an Isser to have Anna. Not an Isser Deiraisa, not a Surah Veloika, but an Isser, Al-Kapadim, there is. So how could the Mishnah so confidently say that if she ends up going to her father's house, Noch Pesach, this about Yachavah Devarim? Maybe she did what she was supposed to do. She followed the halacha and she didn't have any. I know Elop Sheet, it sounds like from the Lachana Mishnah of Ankara Pasaf by Yahadavara, the Isani that you had Anna. Alma Mizani. See, see, you could have Anna. The Tufta the Rabbi Yehuda. Isn't it a Tufta the Rabbi Yehuda? Yumar says, no. Kiktani, the Isani, a raise of the But the Mishnah says that if she goes after Pesach, there's a Bayachadvar. It means in the event that she had Anna. Probably she didn't have Anna because we're going to assume Otobrishia, Skina, she probably did what she was supposed to do. But at the same time, if she did, it's going to be a problem. That Mishnah continued. And the Mishnah says, Tran, Shat Nehenesli Adachak. So in this case, again, there's the Neder, there's the Tanai. We're talking about Pesach and Sukkot, but we're reversing it. Over here, <coughs> the Isser Hanah is until Sukkot, in Telchi, the base of Yichad Pesach. And the Tanai is, meaning, what's going to trigger this Hanah if she's going to go to her father's house until Pesach? So here, the Isser Koinim goes until Sukkot, and the Tanai is until Pesach. So it's Okta Mishnahoch, Lefnei Pesach, if she goes to her father's house before Pesach, Asura Bahana Asay Adachag, she's not going to be allowed to have Anna, meaning that triggers the nether, that's easy. So there's going to be an Isra Anna until Sukkis, Umuteres Lelech Achara Pesach. But she's going to be allowed to go to her father's house after Pesach. Holcha, 
Asura says the Gemara, it sounds again that the only time there's going to be an Isser, Hano, until Sukkot is if she went Lifnei Pesach. But if she didn't go Lifnei Pesach, it's not going to be a problem. So again, Bishlam is going to have Nachman, that there is no Isser to do the Koinim now because of the Hashash that maybe later you'll trigger the Tanai, which will trigger the Kainim. So it's very good. The only time there would be an Isser is if you know for sure that she already was Mekayim the Tanai. As a result, now there's going to be an Isser. However, according to Rabbi Yehuda, where there's always an Isser, why only Holcha Asura? Why is it only if she went Lefnei Pesach then Asura Banasei Adachak? Even if she didn't go Lefnei Pesach, Asura Banasei Adachak, because of the fact that there should be a concern that maybe she's going to end up going Lefnei Pesach. So the Gemara said, Omar Rava, and some changed the Girsa to Omar Abba. And the reason would be because on Omar Aleph, we had the same exact exchange and there it was Rababa. So it's Mastabra, if it was Rababa and Omar Aleph, it's Rababa and Omar Beis. So Omar Rababa, who I didn't have feel like Holcha Asura, no, even if she didn't go still, it's going to be Asur. Holcha Asura, but like Holcha Asura, the same tariffs that the Gemara gave on Omar Aleph. You're right, really, there's always an S. I mean, once a person makes a nether like this, Asur, you have to observe the nether. You have no choice. Why? Because we're afraid that at some point you're going to trigger the nether with your tenai, and as a result, you're going to end up afraid that you will overlay Yachodavar. So, why then does the Mishnah seem to suggest that the only time you have to observe the nether is if you actually trigger the nether? That's the only time you have to observe it Midairaisa. That's the only time where if you violate it, you're going to get Malchus. But Anachanami, you want to know if there's a Shittas Rabbi Yehuda that holds that there's still going to be an Issa Rabbanon? For sure, there's going to be an Issa Rabbanon. Here's the Brysa Mesave, Kikar Zualai Hayoim. Somebody says, Kikar Zualai Hayoin. Person made a nether on a kikar. This is not sleeping, not having enough from your husband. But Kikar Zualai Hayoin, Im Eilech Lemakam Ploini Lemacher. It's mamish the case of Rav Yehuda and Rav Nachman, where he's making a, a nether today, but today we don't know if the nether is really chal, because he's making it all at tonight. And what's the tonight? Something that he's going to do tomorrow. So if a person says, Kikar Zualai Hayoin, Im Eilech Lemakam Ploini Lemacher, so the Allah is Achal. If the person eats, so it's going to come out that he's, there's going to be an Isser Bal Yelech. Why is this a Kasha in Review Huda? Because it sounds like you're allowed to eat. Then, if he eats today, then tomorrow there's a Bal Yelech. Even though he never made a neder on Halicha, he made a neder on Achila. But once you eat, Halicha is going to trigger the Koinem, and therefore tomorrow there's going to be an Isser Halicha. But the Gemara's kasha, which the Gemara's going to be doich in one second, is it sounds a little bit like you're allowed to eat today. So Bishlam, according to Rav Nachman, you're allowed to eat, but according to Rav Yehudi, you're not allowed to eat. But the Gemara says it doesn't say you're allowed to eat. Miktani oichel, it doesn't say you're allowed to eat. It says that if you ate, then tomorrow this going to be this about yelech. But never said before that you're allowed to eat. One last question, and that is halach hareisne bevalyachel devarei. In the event that the person ends up going the next day, again, I'm making it, this kikar asr to me today, what's the tonight that I'm going to go to Mokom Ploini tomorrow? If tomorrow he went to Mokom Ploini, then it's going to come out that he was over Balyachel Devaroi. So the Gemara says, it sounds only like Halach Hareze Bevayachel Devaroi. Oben Mahalich Loi, but Mahalich Lechatchilonat, meaning it sounds only like if he ends up eating and then going the next day, that's when there's an Isser. 
However, it sounds like the chatechila to go ahead and eat would not be a problem. The whole bayach of the voter would be if he was halach. But if he wasn't halach, it sounds like he didn't do anything wrong. But it's not true. We're saying that according to Rabbi Yehuda lechatchilo, you're never allowed to eat. The kashul Rabbi Yehuda said, "He wants to Rabbi Yehuda." Rabbi Yehuda said, "Who had in the list name mahalach?" Really, you could have said mahalach, meaning because we're assuming that you're not going to eat today, and because you're not going to eat today, so tomorrow even lechatchilo, if you want to be mahalach, you'd be allowed to be mahalach. There's not going to be a problem. But I did the Tony Reisha Achal. But being that the Reisha said Achal, and the reason it said Achal is the loymisni Achal, it couldn't have said Achal. It can't say oichel. It's only ochel. Why? Because Rabbi Yudah Shita is dalechatchilu. You're not allowed to eat. So Tony say for halach. So therefore, it said halach there as well. Oh, but the emes is that being that today it's awesome for me to eat. So could have said mahalech tomorrow because really lechatchilu I'd be able to go. There would be no issa for me to go tomorrow. So again, these are very very subtle diukim. But the diuk was halach harezebevayachel. It's not true. You should be able to go tomorrow because you're sort of assuming that I ate today and therefore if I go tomorrow, my in Rav Nachman's world where I'm allowed to eat today, that's a good assumption. But in Rav Yehuda's world, it's not true. So really what it should say is, in a perfect world, that tomorrow I can go because today anyways I'm not going to be able to eat. Either way, so we had a machlokes hamayron between Rav Yehuda and Rav Nachman. In this case of koinim enai b'shina hayoyim im ishan l'macher, what's the halacha? The Gemara fired away kasha after kasha after kasha on Rav Yehuda. At the end of the day, the Gemara seemed to have defended every single question that the Gemara asked on Shittas Rav Yehuda. So not that this is super halacha l'maisa, but uh, what is the halacha l'maisa? So the Ran in most of the sugyas and Masechtas of Darm speaks out what the halacha is. See, it almost feels like just from learning the Gemara that the halacha is like Rav Nachman. The Gemara really thought that everything was Yosem Mestabra, I'll leave it to Rav Nachman. From our Mishnah, through the Mishnah on Daphne Zayin, through the Tesefta that the Gemara brought, and it sounded very much like that. But the Ran says not the way. The Ran says, Yehuda. We pass like Rav Yehuda. And again, we like bringing this out. It's just very, very interesting. Why? Says the Gemara, so it says the Ran, two reasons. I'll read the second reason. He says, from the fact that the Gemara gave us a whole daf, the whole Nidorim daf Tezvav, was really fine away Rabbi Yehuda, must be we pass like Rabbi Yehuda. Because if we didn't hold like Rabbi Yehuda, why do we have a whole daf in Shas? only 2,711 daf. So why were one of these daf dedicated legamri to Shittas Rabbi Yehuda? Balkarchach, we passing like Rabbi Yehuda. It's a shtickle counterintuitive. It felt like from the Sunni, for Short, we're not going to pass. Right? Sometimes the Rishonim would say that she knew you dechiki, and as a result, we don't pass it like Rabbi Yudah. No, the Ran says just the opposite. Midish shaklina v'tarina kulei hai. If there's such a festa shakla v'tarina in Rabbi Yudah, why are we exerting so much ex- energy in Rabbi Yudah shita? Muzdech zayin that we paskin like Rabbi Yudah. Exhale, and this concludes the first part of today's daf. So as it relates to the second part of today's daf, as promised, going back to, to the sugi that we started the other day, and that is the topic of Loshen HaKodesh versus Loshen HaUmais. So we already did Loshen HaKodesh part one, Loshen HaKodesh part two, which would make today's raid, Be'ezus Hashem, Loshen HaKodesh part three. So one of the things that came out very, very clearly from what we've already learned is that there's an inherent and an intrinsic chshivas to Lashon HaKodesh. 
And the Ramban, Belushayne Azov and Kisisa, brings out this point. He says that we find that the Lashon of the Torah wasn't called the Lashon HaTorah, it was called Lashon HaKodesh. And if it's called Lashon HaKodesh, that implies that there must be some Kedusha to the language. And again, just the Chazer, it's very, very brief. And the reason is, Mepnei, Shedivrei HaTorah V'Hanavua, V'chol Divrei Kedusha Kulam, this is the language that HaKadosh Baruch Hu communicated with the Nevi'im. It's the language that HaKadosh Baruch Hu used to communicate in Madosah with Klai Yisrael. When did the Ebesh to communicate with Klai Yisrael? Daseris HaDibris. Anoichi v'loyilacha u'shar dibris ha-tayra. Daseris ha-dibris were all said Balashan HaKadosh. U'boy nikra b'shmois of HaKadosh. Says the Ramban, the names of HaKadosh Baruch Hu are all Lashon HaKodesh. Keel, Elohim, Tzvokos, Shakai, Vika, Vashem HaGadol HaMiyuchet, and the Shem Yudkei Vavke. Uba Baroi Olamai. It was with the language of Lashon HaKodesh, the Chav Beis Oisius of Lashon HaKodesh, that HaKodesh Baruch who created the world. Vikara Shem Moishamayim Vaaretz Chalashabah. All of the Bria, HaKodesh Baruch who named, he named them Lashon HaKodesh. Umalacha Vichol Tzvav. And the Malachim and the Tzvok, of and the Srofim Daifani Akoidesh, they're all in what language in Lashon Akoidesh? Michael, Gavriel, Ubak Koresh Shemus Lektoishim Ashabaritz, and the Lektoishim Ashabaritz were also called Lashon Akoidesh. Avram, Yitzchak, Ushloimov is Ulasam. Says the Ramban, what do you see from here? That the language must be Koidesh, and not just Koidesh, but skipping. Ki Adava Barer would emerge it very, very clearly. Shahaloshin Koidesh Kadoshim Mukamesha Pirashi. That this language must be not just Koidesh, but this language must be Koidesh Kadoshim. So the language of Lashon HaKoidesh is Koidesh Kadoshim. The truth is, historically, Jews spoke Lashon HaKoidesh. And it makes sense why they would have spoken Lashon HaKoidesh. It's Koidesh. This is the the Iker, it's the primary language. In fact, Chazal and the Svar Makdosh in different places talk about different schoolers of speaking Lashon HaKodesh. There's a Vayikor rabbi that says that a Yid that lives in Eretz Yisrael and he's Medabri B'Lashon HaKodesh and he's a Shem Yotayin Ramitzvah's Muftach Loishu Ben Oilam It's guaranteed that he's a Ben Oilam Abba. And there's Marimokim after Marimokim that talk about the Chashivus of Lashon HaKodesh. And again, it all starts with this Ramban, but there's so many Marimokimus. So here's the question. The question is that if that's the case, why is it that people today do not speak Lashon HaKadosh? And really, the fact that Jews don't speak Lashon HaKadosh started a very, 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 very long time ago. And there's already riots that in the beginning of Bayesheni, you didn't stop speaking Lashon HaKadosh. There's a Pasuk in Nehemiah. So we all know that Nehemiah, like Sefer Ezra, is set right at the very beginning of Ayasheni. And Ezra, although all the Yidin that went to Eretz Yisrael during that Kufa were known as the Oile Ezra, but really Ezra himself didn't come until seven years la- several years later. The Gemara asks, why not? So the Gemara says, because Ezra's Rebbe, Baruch ben who was a Talmud Muvik of Yirmiyahu Anavi, was still alive. Ezra was learning with his Rebbe, and therefore... He never came up to Eretz Yisrael. But years later, after the Beis HaMikdash had already been built for several years, several years Ezra and Nehemi, they come to Eretz Yisrael and they look, at this, they look at the state of the union and they weren't happy with what they saw. And there's many psukim and sefer Nehemi that bring out this point. One of the psukim are, Gamba Yom Mahen, Yehudim, says Nehemi, I saw the Jews, Hoishivu Noshim Ashdoidiyos and Amoiniyos and Mayaviyos. Rachman The Jews were intermarrying. They were marrying women that were not Jewish, and their sons, 
Half of them spoke Ashtoidis. The Makirim Ladabra Yehudis. And they didn't know how to speak Lashon Yehudis. They didn't know how to speak the language of the Jews, which was Lashon HaKodesh. They literally spoke like whatever the laws was. But they already at that point didn't know how to speak Lashon HaKodesh. So this is a Pasuk in Seif Nechemya. When Nechemya is already bemoaning this reality that Jews that he observed didn't know how to speak Lashon HaKodesh. The Rambam in Hilchis Tfilo, Perikud Beis, he's talking about so we know once upon a time when the Valkyrie would get up to lane, so he had a gabber, he had a sidekick, whose job it was to be metargem. So his job was to be metargem. You could be yoitz to the whole Shnai Mikra, the Shas Kriya Satayra then. So Shnai Mikra Vechad Metargim, he was a Maturgim and his job was to say over the Kriya Satayra, Beloshin Aramaic. Says the Rambam, when did this start? It started in the times of Ezra. Mimois Ezra Nagu, Sheyeheshon Maturgimin, Metargim La'am, Mashahakoyra Koyra Betayra. Why? Kideshe Yovinu Inyanadvar. It's like this people should understand Voshtet in the Torah. They didn't speak Lashon HaKodesh. And because they didn't speak Lashon HaKodesh, so they didn't really know the language that well. So to them, to hear Kriyas HaTorah was a foreign language. And they didn't necessarily understand what was being taught. And therefore, they needed a Maturgamon. When did Ezra live? This is the beginning of Bayesheni. So you see in the beginning of Bayesheni, you see it from the Chemya, the Chemya Parakut Gimel, you see it from Ezra, the Rambam, and Hilchas Tzilu Parakut Days, that already so early there seemed to have been a major slippage. And the Jews already at that point, they didn't know Lashon HaKodesh, and they certainly weren't speaking Lashon HaKodesh. Demis is there's so many rayas. Just to mention another two. The Sifri that we talked about so much in the earlier raid bites, and that is, Koten HaYudei Ladaber, Oviv Melamdoi Lashon HaKodesh. If you think about it for a second, you need a mitzvah that the father should teach his child Lashon HaKodesh. If they spoke Lashon HaKodesh, then he's going to learn Lashon HaKodesh. If that's what they talked in the house, so what else is he going to learn? Right? We're talking about a Shemitah mitzvah. We're talking about someone who sits down with his Rav, his Rebbe, and he says, my child, I just gave him a upshan, a chalaka, he just learned how to talk, what should I do? So he says, learn the most Lashon HaKodesh. That's what he says, learn the most Lashon HaKodesh. Right? That's what we're talking. We're speaking Lashon HaKodesh. What do you need a Tzibur to tell him that, to speak Lashon HaKodesh? See, so see already from the Chazal that people were really not speaking Lashon HaKodesh. That to Metzius Hadvarim was that at that point they weren't talking that. The Rambam famously says in the Zakdamati Yad Chazaka that why was Talmud Bavli written in Aramaic? That's a good question. Why was Talmud Bavli written in Aramaic? So the Rambam says because Tamiroim this is interesting for many other reasons, wanted to write the Talmud Bavli in a language that people would understand it. And people didn't understand Lashon HaKodesh, and therefore they didn't write it in Lashon HaKodesh. The Mamelushan at that time, the Sprach, was Aramish, and that's why it was written in Aramaic. So people, these are the people that we're going to learn. Right? Just think about it. If you were going to sit down and learn Talmud Bavli back in the day, it's the 6th century. There's no Rashi. There's no Taisvis. You don't even have the Tshuvas You're on your own. Right? You have to really know how to learn. Imagine learning Gemara without Rashi. It's impossible. Let alone the later commentaries. Right? It's not even something that you can have a Havamida to do. So obviously we're dealing with real London. With people that are going to be able to go through a Sugi and if they're going to have a Rav Kivegis Kasha... They're going to have to figure it out on their own. And yet, they didn't speak Lashem Kodesh. So if you would have presented it to them in Lashem Kodesh, they would have been a shtickle stock. So you give it to me in the proverbial English. You give it to me in Aramish. So like this, everything is going to make sense. You see, it's clear. People were not speaking Lashem Kodesh. And the question is, why not? If it's a Lashem Kodesh and it's so chashev, and there's so many schools, 
associated with speaking Lashon HaKadosh, why would it have been that Yidin stopped speaking Lashon HaKadosh? And just to really nail this, the Chsam Soifer Nadrosh asks this question and he says the following, said this is one of the biggest kashas in the whole world. That's an exact translation, I think, of the Lashon HaKadosh of the Chsam Soifer. He says it's literally one of the biggest kashas ever. So this is something that really requires a lot of explanation. So now it's like this. If you look in the Svarim, there's one Iker Mahalach to answer this Kasha. And that's the Mahalach of the Chsam Soif. So the Chsam Soif, after he said, the Chsam Soif himself answered this question. And this Chsam Soif I found in three places. It's right here in this Drasha. It's in Torah's Moshe. It's actually in Chsam Soifer Ala Torah, in Parshas Vayetze, and it's also in the Chsam Soifer, in the Zagoyis and Shulchan Aruch, in Aruchayim Simen Peihe. So in Shulchan Aruch, in Aruchayim Simen Peihe, this is Sif Cotton Bays, says the Mechaber, middle of the Sif. Dvarim Shal Chayel, Mutala Oimram Sham, Balashan HaKodesh. A person is allowed to speak Dvarim Shal Chayel there, where's there? So it's discussing a base Akise, a base Amerchitz, any Mokamati Noifis. That a person is allowed to speak as long as the content is Chayel, meaning you're not saying a Shtikul Torah. As long as you're saying Dvarim Shal Chayel, even if you say the Dvarim Shal Chayel in Lashan HaKodesh, it's okay to say it. In a mokum tinoifes, stating that zokta magen avram umidas chasidas ula hachmer. There's a midas chasidas to be machmer, and the makar to the magen avram is a sefer chasidim. Zokta heilugich sam soifer. You see that the midas chasidus lechatchila a person should be careful not to speak dvarim shel chayil beloshen hakodesh if you're going to be in a place where the place is not going to be pure. So he says, I believe that's the reason that Yidin stopped speaking. Because once upon a time, the Yidin was Shri and Al Admasim. The Yidin were in Eretz Yisrael, and because they were in Eretz Yisrael, they were Al Admas Kodesh. And Al Admas Kodesh, it's fine to speak Lashon Kodesh, but once they went into Golos, they went to Bavel, and Bavel was Mileya Gilulim, and this Tumas Eretz Amin. So at that point, it wasn't already Admas Kodesh, it was Admas Necher. And on Admas Necher, we have the Midas Chasidus of the Magan Avram based on a Sefer Chassidim, that you should be machmer to speak Lashon Kodesh, even if you're going to be speaking Dvarim Shachar. And the Chassam Soifer says, I believe that's when it stopped. And by Golos Babel it stopped, and it devolved so quickly, if you don't speak a language for a long time, you forget it, that 70 years later, when the Yidin went back to Eretz Yisrael, most of the Yidin already didn't know Lashon Kodesh. And they stopped speaking Lashon Kodesh in Babel, and that's why the Talmud Babli had to be written in Aramaic, because Yidin, they weren't so fluent in Lashon HaKodesh, they were a lot more fluent in Aramaic, and that was the reason that it ended up converting to Aramaic. That's what happened. He said, when the Yidim were living in Eretz Yisrael, in the times of Yeshua Benun, in the times of the Shoftim, in the times of the Nevi'im, the times of the Malachim, so during those Tkufas, they were Alad Mas Kodesh. Alad Mas Kodesh, you could speak Lashon HaKodesh. But once they ended up being forced out of the land, so now already they were surrounded by Tumas Eretz Amen, and there was Gilulim and all David the Zara, so at that point it wasn't pure anymore, and because it wasn't pure anymore, it was for that reason that they couldn't it was for that reason that they couldn't anymore speak Lashon HaKadosh. We mentioned that one of the places that Chsam Soifer says this is in Chsam Soifer Ala Tairis and Parshas Vayetze. The context over there is that Yaakov and his Mishpacha Rachel, Leia, Zilpa, Billa, and all the shift they cut, they're all leaving base Lovin after being there for many, many years and then Lovin comes running after them somebody stole my trophin and Lovin starts going to everybody. Do you have it? Do you have it? And then he comes to Rachel. He says, Rachel, stand up. I want to see if you have the trophim. And Rachel said, I can't. 
I can't get up. Why not? She said, I'm a nida right now. And because I'm a nida, famous Ramban, on that Pasuk, that you see the nidas then, they used to have a special oil. But he said, because because I'm in a state like that, I can't get up. So said the Chassam Soifer, Rocha wasn't telling the truth. And she wasn't telling the truth for a good reason, because she wanted to steal the trophim. And obviously, if she would have gotten up, it would have been a big problem. But the kosher, why did she say Kiderich Nashamli? Why didn't she say I have a headache? Why did she say something's bothering me? Why did she say Bedafka Kiderich Nashamli? So it says the Hilgich Samsoifer, he thinks the Pshat says that. It's Poshit that Rachel spoke Lashon Kaidish. The Shifte Ka, the Avasak Toshim, the Imais, for sure they spoke Lashon Kaidish. But at that time, Rachel couldn't speak Lashon Kaidish. The reason she couldn't speak Lashon Kaidish is because she was sitting on top of the trough. And when you're in a Makkin that's Malaya Gilulim, Zachtach Sam Soifer, then you have the Makkin Avram who brings the Sefer Chesidim, that is Amidah's Chesidim to be Nizr. So she couldn't speak Lashon Kaidish. So what was she going to have to say? Whatever she was going to say, she was going to say in Aramaic. She was going to say it in a different Lashon. The minute she was going to say it in a different Lashon, Lovin was going to say, Aha, I knew it, you have the trophim, and that's why you're not speaking a Lashem Kodesh. So you know what she did? She said, Derek Nashemli, I'm Tommy, and that's why I'm speaking Aramaic, because if you're Tommy, you also can't speak Lashem Kodesh. I'm sorry for classic, that it was bedictored, that she said, Kiderek Nashemli. The reason she said, Kiderek, so you do what the Goyen said, why did she say, Kiderek Nashemli? Because the Gemara says that Avi Dazar is Metamekinida. It's a famous guy. So the, it's a Perikabi Akiva, Mesachta's Shabbos. That Avi Dazar is Ketamekinida. So she said, Kiderach Nashem Li. Not Tumas Nida in that sense, but it was Kid Tumas Nida because she was sitting on top of it. The reason she had to say Kiderach Nashem Li is because otherwise she would have tripped up with the Lashon Akkadish. And in this piece, he says, Venerally, Shemishum Zen Nishkach Lashon Akkadish may Tanu Beshivim Shana Shabbatal. She was man Katsa. At the end of this piece, he throws in this shtickle, what he writes in his agoyes, and what he said in his drosh is classic, that this is the reason that Yidin stopped speaking Lashon HaKodesh. But the Emmet says, there's another Mahalach in the Surah Maklashen, as to why it is that the Yidin stopped speaking Lashon HaKodesh, and that is from the Hilu Gisat Merav, in his Sefer V'yoyol Moshe, specifically in his Maimur of Lashon HaKodesh. So it's Yudua that the Satmarov wrote a Sefer called V'yoyol Moshe, and it's made up of three Mamarim. The first is the Maimur Sholish voice, the second is the Maimur Yishn of Eretz Yisrael, and the third is the Maimur Lashon HaKodesh. And in the Maimur Lashon HaKodesh, the Satmarov discusses Lashon HaKodesh, and specifically why it is that Jews stop speaking Lashon HaKodesh. He brings the Chsam Soifer, but he rejects the Chsam Soifer's Mahalach. And his catch on the Chsam Soifer was that if the reason the Yidin stopped speaking Lashon HaKodesh was because they were forced out of Eretz Yisrael, how come when they came back to Eretz Yisrael, Bizman Bayesheni, you don't find that there was an effort to reinstate Lashon HaKodesh? And he says it's a Kushya Gedoyla on the Chsam Soifer, and because of that, he believes there has to be a different reason why it is that Yidin did not speak Lashon HaKodesh. And that Hebrew Marov said that he thinks the reason is based on a Lashon of the Rambam in Pirisha Mishnayis, 
In Pirkei Ovis, Pergalov. So it's interesting. Because the Pirish Mishnayis and the Rambam that we spoke about earlier, Hevizor Mitzvakala, where the Rambam says that what's an example of a Mitzvakala, the Midas Lachana Kodesh, that's Pirkei Ovis, it's Perik Beis Mishnah. It's the first Mishnah in Perik Beis in Pirkei Ovis. This is the last Mishnah in Perik Aleph. In Pirkei Yavis. So it's Mamish, it's on the same daf, these two Rambams. But either way, the Rambam over there is talking about Dibur, Shmiya, Loshon. That's what the Rambam over there is discussing. And Toich Dvarov, the Rambam throws in a, a very, very able Loshon. And the Rambam says that language is very, very sensitive. And Loshon HaKodesh has a Milo over all the Shonos. And he says, this is the Lashem. Here's the quote. Yie shmias ho'ivri v'hadibur bo'y yoisner nimas eitzel ha-toyro l'maylos ha-loshoin she'ein tzorech she'yishtamshu bo'y ele b'maylos. It's very hard to understand what exactly the Rambam means. But if you look more carefully, what the Rambam is saying is that because of the Milo of Lashem HaKodesh, so you have to be more careful with what you say in Lashem HaKodesh. If a person is going to hear or say the wrong things in Lashon HaKodesh, it's going to be more disgusting because the Lashon is so harsh. The only thing you're supposed to do with such a Lashon is you're supposed to speak out the So the Satmarov said that I believe that once upon a time the Yidin were on a Madrega with what came out of their mouth was Dvarim Amutarim and Dvarim Kedoshim. And a person who speaks the right things, Eretfin Mailois, such a person could speak in Lashon HaKodesh. But then what happened was, Soif Bayes Rishon, there was a tremendous Yerida, there was a Vaydazar Gilar, Aish Vichizdam, and David should destroy the Beis HaMikdash. And then they went to Bavel, and they came back during Bayesheni, but the Yerida would remain the Yerida. We know that Bayesheni never lived up to what Bayes Rishon was. And as a result, the Yidin remained in this Shvala Matzev. And because they remained in this Shvala Matzev, so the Satmarov said, they weren't being careful anymore. And because they weren't being Nizr in that area, it was not appropriate for them to speak Lashon HaKodesh. Because what that would have done is it would have compounded the effect of all that various that they were doing with their Lashon. It's interesting because we know the Chavetz Chaim said that the second base of Mikdash was destroyed, Chazal said, because of Sinas Chinam. But the Chavetz Chaim said that Sinas Chinam is the Mashal. The Nimshal was really Lashon Hara. So you see that the Chet HaLoshin was something that was very prevalent, Bizman Bayesheni. And said the Chzat that because the Chet HaLoshin was so prevalent, if the Yidin would have spoken the Lashon HaKodesh, it would have compounded the Chet, it would have compounded the Avera. And he says it's for that reason that they stopped speaking. He said they stopped speaking Beloshan HaKadosh because they weren't being Nizr so much anymore with Beloshan, and that's why they felt they had to stop. He says that he believes that that's the Pshat that uh, Zaira HaKadosh says that Avram Avinu spoke Loshan HaKadosh, but he also spoke Aramaic. Sometimes he would speak Loshan HaKadosh, and sometimes he would speak Aramaic. He said, what's the Pshat? Why sometimes like this, and why sometimes like that? So he said, because we know that Avram Avinu taught Torah to the Vanefesh Asha Asa B'charim. But the Sfarim say that all the Vanefesh Asha Asa B'charim, they all somehow ended up going back to the way they had started out, right? They didn't have a kiyom. And he said, Avram Avinu knew that, and therefore he didn't want to teach them Lashon HaKodesh, because he was afraid that it's not the Maila Lashon of Lashon HaKodesh. That was something he didn't want to do. One of the things that Samarov says is we're all familiar with the Mesis Umadiyach. Right. These are people that they convince, they persuade other people to be over What's the difference between a Mesis and a Madiach? 
Right, what's the difference? So the Rambam he quotes in Hilchos Avodah Zarah Perakei Alocha Bei says a Mesis is someone that convinces a Yochid to be Avodah Avodah Zarah, whereas a Madiach is someone that convinces a Rabbi. So a Mesis is for the Yochid and a Madiach is for the Rabbi. So who's more chomer? The Mesis or the Madiach? You would think for sure the Madiach. The Madiach is the one that convinces the Rabbi. Oh, but the Emesis is just the opposite. The Mesis is more chomer. The Mesis, who's only Mesis to Yochid, is more chomer than the Madiach, who's Madiach the Rabbi. He said, what's the Pshat? So he said he believes the Pshat is, because the Yerushalmi says in Sanhedrin, Perek Zayin, Alochid Yud Beis, that the Mesis was Medabra Balosh and HaKodesh. The Madiach spoke not Balash and Akkadish, Balash and Hedit. And he says the emesis, he thinks the Yushalmi stems very well with the Bavli. Because if you're speaking to a Yachid, you can speak in Lash and Akkadish. Because the Yachid understood Lash and Akkadish. But the Rabbin, like we just brought all the Makairis, and the Satmarov brought a lot more, didn't speak Lash and Akkadish. So therefore, it's Mestaber that the person who was speaking to the Rabbin couldn't speak Lash and Akkadish. And therefore, he spoke Peshal Hashanah. But here's the point the Mesis, although it's true he was only talking to the Yachid, but he was speaking Balash and Akkadish. See, he says, that's why the Mesis was more chomer. Because his chet was with the Lashen, and a chet al-Lashen, when you're speaking, Lashen HaKodesh is going to be a lot more chomer than a chet al-Lashen. If it's not Lashen HaKodesh, this is a little bit of a gefil. This is a little bit of a gefil for what's going on in the Maimur of the Lashen HaKodesh. And the Samarov held for that reason that the Yidin stopped speaking Lashen HaKodesh. We have two Mahalchen. We have the Mahalik of the Chsam Soifer. The Chsam Soifer says that once the Yidin went to Golos, so they were already in lands that were Malaya Gilulim, and it was because of the Gilulim, it was because of the Avidazar of the land, it was because of the Tumas Eretz that's why they stopped speaking Lashon HaKadosh. The, the Samarov said that if that's the reason, then how come when they went back in Bayesheni, they didn't reinstate it? So the Samarov said, I believe it's for a different reason. It was because of the Eridus Adairis. And based on a, a very hard to understand line in the Rambam and Birsham Mishnayis, where the Rambam said that because of the you have to be extra careful to make sure that you don't speak any Dvar Masurim. So you say, Maris, a chet in Lashon HaKodesh with the Lashon is more common than a chet b'shal And once there was the Eridus Adairis, if a person would speak Dvar Masurim in Lashon HaKodesh, it would be a lot more common. So here's the question. The question is, the modern language of Ivrit, Hebrew, is that Lashon HaKodesh or is that not Lashon HaKodesh? And I don't mean from a, a political perspective and from a Hashkafa perspective. That's way above my pay grade and it's way beyond the scope of, of what we do. But what about from a halachic perspective? Is Ivrit Lashon HaKodesh or is it not Lashon HaKodesh? And really, Hagabat's most of the language, or at least a good part of the language, is really... Lashon HaKodesh. I was discussing this with Rabbi Binefel yesterday, and he was testing me. He said, try to say things. Like, talk. Say this, say that. And really, most of what you would say in Evrit, you're going to end up really speaking Lashon HaKodesh. So the question is, from a halachic perspective, is Evrit Lashon HaKodesh? Because it's Be'ikr Lashon HaKodesh. Or is it not? Now, you're going to tell me, it's very nice that it's Be'ikr Lashon HaKodesh. But now, it's already a Lashon Shabadulahem, right? It doesn't sound like, it's not the same exact language. It's not so fair to say that. And the reason is because the Mishnah we know was written by Lashon HaKadosh. Right? Everyone knows that. The Mishnah was written by Lashon HaKadosh. And the Chsam Soifer already, the Helig Chsam Soifer said that it's Pashat. If you look at the Lashon HaKadosh of the Mishnah, it's not the same as the Lashon HaKadosh of Tanakh. And there's a lot of words in the Mishnahis that came from outside influences that became part and parcel of the Shprach. But it was still considered Lashon HaKadosh 
Because Be'ikroyu, Be'shroshoyu was Lashon HaKadosh. So the question then is, is modern day Ivrit, is that Lashon HaKadosh or not? And really, to just keep it super focused, if somebody would make a nether, Be'ivrit, and he doesn't understand what he said. Or he's in a makum where nobody speaks of it. Is it chal the nether or is it not chal the nether? Is this the bir alocha in a rechaim sim and samach beiz loshim be'etzim? Because at the end of the day it's kabayt alosh and akaydish? Or no. Or at the end of the day it's a new sprach. And if it's a new sprach and you're in a place where nobody speaks this language, so it could be it wouldn't have, it wouldn't be considered a language. So I'll tell you something very interesting. And that is, everyone knows that the Satmarov in his Maimar Lashon HaKadosh spoke very, very harshly about Ivrit and about the fact that the Medina was founded with this language. But if you go through the Satmarov in his Maimar Lashon HaKadosh, it's clear that Rav of his Kepeda about Ivrit was the fact that he believed it was Lashon HaKadosh. And it was precisely because it's Lashon HaKadosh that the Satmarov had such a Kepeda. In fact, this piece that we just spoke out was building up to the climax in the Maimar Lashon HaKodesh, which was that, hey, you see that the Yidin stopped speaking Lashon HaKodesh because of Yeridus HaDoyrus, and the reason is because people weren't being Nizr and Shmiras HaLashon, and if a person's going to speak Lashon Hara, he's going to get Pekaz, he's going to speak Dvarim Shal Sheker, Hanifa, and Dvarim Betelim, and Asurim, and a person's going to do things like this, but Lashon HaKodesh is going to be a lot more Hummer. So he said, how could we now, in a man like this, where we're so far removed, even from the Madragas of Bayashani, bring back Lashon HaKodesh, and really start speaking in a language that the Chacham 2,000 years ago didn't want to have anything to do with because they were so afraid of it. And again, it's all the Chassam, that that's the reason he didn't stop speaking Lashon HaKodesh. But that was the whole punchline. That was his whole point. And then he went on and he spoke about the danger of Lashon HaKodesh, that Lashon HaKodesh you know, has a Tzadak Tusha, and he springs from the Zayar HaKodesh that says that before the Daira Flogger, before the whole Indian, so the Pasik says everybody spoke Safa Echad. Everybody spoke the same language. And Rashi says, what was the language that they spoke? Lashon HaKodesh. And the Zayar HaKodesh says that the reason the Daira Flogger was able to have that Tzadak they had was Dafka because they spoke Lashon HaKodesh. And what they able to do? They able to spread them out. He turned that one Lashon into 70 Lashonis. And the Zayar says, because the only way it was Shaykh to stop that Kayach of the Dara Flogger was to disarm them. And the way that they were disarmed was by taking away Lashon HaKodesh. But the point is, Hamiya, the Samarov held most of his issues that he had with Ivrit was because he believed that it was Lashon HaKodesh. And because it's Lashon HaKodesh, that's dafka why he held that this was something that wasn't okay. But then it says, we know that there were a lot of gudoyle gudoyle yoylam that held not like the Satmarov. Berosh and the Chazanish, how many Rosh Hashivas in Eretz Yisrael, and the most Choshev and Moistus Adairah, Mamish, the gudoyle Adairah, they say Shir every day in Ivrit. So obviously, they didn't have a problem with Ivrit. But I'll tell you something very, very interesting. And that is... Rav Moshe Bloy. So Rav Moshe Bloy was the, he was the manik of the Eidah Haredes, circa early 20th century, and he wrote a sefer called Al Choy Moisayach Yerushalayim. The title tells you everything you have to know about the sefer. And Toich Tvaris, he talked a lot about the Vikuach Agadol, as he relates to Ivrit. And he says over a, a Dover Nifla, I think the story is a Nifladiga story, and it's Nifladig on many, many levels. He says, I'll read it inside, Veshuv Pam he said he was once in the house of Rabbi Yosef Chaim Zonenfeld. So he was sitting with Rabbi Yosef Chaim Zonenfeld and all the G'dayim of Eretz Yisrael at the time, the Roshon, the Manhigim of the Eidah Haredes were there, and they were talking about the Safa Ivrit. That's what they were discussing. And the conversation 
started getting intense, and somebody that was there mentioned the person that was the miyased of the language, Ivrit, who wrote the first Hebrew dictionary, and after he mentioned him, he was of course a Yid that was not a Shemitah Mitzvah, and he referred to him as Yemach Shemoy. That was what he said. He said Yemach Shemoy. So Rabbi Yosef Chaim was Moicha. And he got up, he said like this, I'm reading from the Seif, from Moshe Blood. He said, I'm not masking. I don't agree with that. Why would you say Yemach Shemoy? He said, he said, That was his name. He says, If I found out that he had Rachmanis, I wouldn't be. I want you Machshamoy. He said, Why would I want you Machshamoy? Listen to this Hergish. He said, When the people that were doing things that we disagreed with were Ba'ilamazah, we had a chiv to be misnagged. Kefisha kavatayra. Ki ba'ilam azeh he mazikim u'mekalkulin as asviva. Mashneinkein kasher him avru kvar lo'ilam aelyon. But when they're in the oilam aelyon, why would you say yemachshemay for yid? Why would you want a yid to be in a matzav of yemachshemay? It's chas v'shal. So you don't fagin a ma'ilam hava. He says, you think the Eibusha doesn't have rachamim for yidin? He says, you can't say it. Yeah, you have to misnag it. You have to do what you have to do. You have to make sure you have to protect. But at the same time, to say yemach shemoy, he says, any no yekach. My hergish is never to talk this way about another yid. And then he said, besides, he said, you really know so confidently that yemach shemoy, that this yid doesn't have any oilam hava? You don't think that he doesn't have a schus in the next world that he was the one that brought Lashon HaKadosh back to Klai Yisrael the Ebesha doesn't take away any schar from a yid that's a shtickle pun he says the schus that he had that he brought back Lashon he said, there's no question in the world. You could say, But what did Rabbi Yosef Chaim Zonenfeld held? He also held that Ivrit was Lashon HaKadosh. Again, we're not getting involved in everything that's around it. Because Lamaisa, there were tzaddikim that held this way, there were tzaddikim that held that way. And Anan Yasmi, the Yasmi, there's no way for us to even have a have a meaning that we can get into their minds and understand what was going on in the world at the time. It's not something that we have any shaykhs to. But at the same time, but at the same time, from a pure halachic perspective, we're talking about the language of Lashon HaKadosh. And the question is, is Lashon HaKadosh or the language of Ivrit? It's Nivrit, Hebrew, modern day Hebrew. Is it Lashon HaKadosh? Is it not Lashon HaKadosh? There are a lot of people that are going to tell you absolutely not. It's a new language, and whatever opinion they have on the matter, but they're for sure going to tell you it's not, it's not Lashon HaKadosh. Pashtus is a Tatars. Because Pashtus, you see that even the, the grace of Tzadikim and the, and the grace of Kanoim, they all held that it was Lashon HaKadosh. And this is where this becomes so fascinating. It becomes so fascinating because the supporters of Nivrit. It's Lashon HaKadosh. How could you not speak Lashon HaKadosh? Yet the Satmarov's whole Maimur Lashon HaKadosh, where he was against it, was all based on the fact that it was Lashon HaKadosh. Fascinating topic. So we know that, you know, language, but Klai Yisrael is a very, very important thing. 
This is one of the reasons we're around today. Is because And that's when, when the Yidden went to Eretz Yisrael, and there was a big movement, people started settling in the land, so it became very, very tricky. Amongst G'day Le'aylam. The question was that, like, how do you treat this? On the one hand, there's a And the Mamalusha for most Yidden at the time was Yiddish. And based on that, you would found a, a Medina, or you're going to establish communities and yeshivas, and, and a Yishuv, you would found it based on Yiddish. That l'chayra was the shleishinu as l'shoinam at the time. That's where the danger was and the slippery slope was. That if you're going to go away from Yiddish, who knows where that's going to end? And that's a very Yiddish hagdish of shleishinu as l'shoinam. But this wasn't just another lashon. This wasn't going from lashon kodesh to Egyptian and Mitzrayim. This is going back to our lashon. The lashon that's kodesh kadoshim says the Ramban. The lashon that the Abish communicates in the via of imadosai. That's the Lashen that we're discussing going back to. And it's an Eretz Yisrael. Like the Chsam Soifer. Could be, it would be Mutal Lechatchil. And again, there's a lot of anecdotes. There's mices we could talk about forever. But the point is that this is where it got very interesting. It got interesting because we were discussing Lashen HaKadosh. But just, just to end with a food for thought. So it's Pasha, nobody's... Right? Lashen HaKadosh. The old Lashen HaKadosh is something that the, the thought is, is that we don't really have today. What about writing Lashen HaKadosh? Everybody writes in Lashon HaKadosh. You ever see a tshuva that wasn't written in Lashon HaKadosh? Tshuva's Chassam Saif were written in Lashon HaKadosh. Not written in Yiddish. They're not written in Aramaic. Rashi wrote his Pirish al in Lashon HaKadosh. The Ramban wrote his Pirish al in Lashon HaKadosh. So isn't it interesting that we stopped speaking Lashon HaKadosh, but at the same time, the Yiddin always wrote Lashon HaKadosh. You have to know what the reason is for that, and that's already a whole other conversation.